0: You're listening to the Volleyball by Design Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about fifth set strategies, the deciding set, or if you play two out of three, we'll talk about the third set strategy, but basically, it's the deciding set, the set that goes to 15 points. What are some strategies you can implement? I don't know. What are the best ways of uh, approaching a fifth set? We're going to dive into this topic on today's episode, so stay tuned. The Volleyball by Design Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 178 of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Another week of volleyball in the books. Welcome to my new listeners. My name is Coach Brian Singh, and I'm the host of the podcast. And to my regular listeners, as always, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode where the goal, just like every week, is to deliver tangible, step-by-step strategies that can help you and your team right away. And just like every episode, I want to be able to have you implement these strategies right away. This is an episode, this is a show where the goal is to give you guys things that you can actually affect your team, like right now. Not a week, not two weeks from now, but right now. So today's episode was sparked by, last week you may have heard me complain, well not complain, but we our team was been in a, in a little bit of a rut. We we lost two fifth sets straight uh over the course of three games or something like that. It was uh we we are now in a two game winning streak which is kind of nice, but we lost two five setters. And it's it's tough to lose five five sets uh it, it, in, in any game. It's just it's tough to, you know, go to the fifth set and be on the losing end of that. It's um it it can re- be demoralizing. It can really hurt your team, uh, you know, emotionally, and mentally, as physically. It's 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 an exhausting game, but it, you got it, It's part of the game. You know, everyone's gonna lose a fifth set here or there. And already, and our season just started. We're only six games in, and we had we had lost two five setters. And uh, I I would I'd like to tell you guys we won our first fifth set just um on Thursday. We went to five sets again with another a, a fantastic team. Uh, a very, very offensive heavy team, and we came out on top this time, and we closed off that fifth set on a 6-0 run, the score was, uh, it was 10-9 for the other team, and then we went on a 6-0 run to, to win the match 15-10, uh, so we came out on top, which is nice, because if you remember from last week and previous weeks, I always talk about you know just staying true to who you are as a team, not you know just... Trusting the process, trusting the system that you've implemented, and as as a result, you know we we've came out on top. So, anyways, this is part of the reason st- that this episode uh, was created was because um, I realized that I mean I have my five set strategies and things like that, but I don't know if you can go look up or research strategies on the fifth set. Um, so I tried to look it up actually, and I couldn't find anything. There's no real step by step guide, or there's no Um, a lot research or articles about like five set strategies. I found a couple, but they were just very generic things. And I was like, okay, that's, this is, this isn't tangible. This isn't things that I can actually implement. So what I want to do is I want to walk you through uh, my strategy or my process when we approach uh, the fifth set. And I'm hoping that you can take some notes and start implementing some of these things right away too, because five, when you enter the fifth set, your, your job as a coach, has just become even even more important. Obviously, your job as a coach for an entire match is important, but when you enter that fifth set or the, or that third deciding set, if you're just doing two out of three, then the decisions that you make are even more important because you have to do them very quickly because you're only going to 15 points and you're not going to 25. And I guess let's start there. If you don't know, if you're new to the game or you're not sure what the final set of volleyball um, is. So if you're playing uh, the best two out of three, that's the third set. If you play a best three out of five, which is how volleyball is normally played, is the fifth set, and this is the deciding set. This set goes to 15 points, not 25, and as soon as a team gets to eight points, you switch sides, okay? So if you are doing a score sheet, it's a little different on the score sheet because you have to swap over to the other side, but that's essentially what the fifth set is. So you play up to eight points, and then you switch sides and finish the game off um, until you get to 15. But it's a much shorter game. It's 10 points less than a regular set. So, you have to treat it a little bit differently because you can't treat it the same as a, as you would in a in a 25 set match for example. Uh, like one one of the one of the big differences in like, you know, normally this this is ridiculous rule and I by the way, if you follow this rule, please you got to change it. But I heard one coach years ago said you don't call a timeout in the first 10 points. And I was like, it, 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 you would rather not. Sure, I get that. It would be nice not to call a timeout in the first 10 points, but if you're down 6-1 or 5 nothing, you're probably going to want to call a timeout because you don't want to let that team continue to demolish you uh, and go up by even more than five points. You want to call a timeout, you know, have a conversation with your team, readjust, do whatever you got to do, but you're calling a timeout. So. Anyways, long story short is in 15 points, you have to make decisions much faster. This is where coaching your uh, your level of awareness and your responsibility en- enhances uh, because of this. So let's start off by talking about a misconception, I like to say. So one of the things that I read online, and I've heard other coaches talk about this, was you got to forget about the first four sets. It's zero zero first to 15. You got to forget about the first four sets. And I actually disagree with that. Now, I understand the mindset is you don't want to dwell on the last four sets because now it's a new game, first to 15. You got to go in there um, mentally prepared and, and going in there with confidence. And I absolutely understand that. You, you absolutely have to go in there with confidence. But you don't want to forget about the first four sets. And I'll tell you why. Because the first four sets is going to help you prepare for the fifth set by understanding what they've been doing all match long by f- seeing what their weaknesses are, seeing how they've beat you in the two sets that they won. So you want you don't want to forget about that. You want to use those, four, those uh, first four sets to come up with a game plan for the fifth set. That's how you use it. So you use it tactically. Now, obviously, emotionally, you don't want to get your emotions involved in the first four sets. You don't want to be so... Uh, you know, one of the, one of the feelings that we've gotten and, you know, you got to stop, try to try your best to avoid is, is, oh, we shouldn't even be in the fifth set. We should have beat them in three. We should have beat them in four. And you can't think like that because at the end of the day, you're in the fifth set. It is what it is. And you got to get prepared for it. Okay. So to an extent, you can't forget about the fourth set. So some things you want to ask yourself is what have they done to beat you, right? And as a coaching staff or as a coach, you got to think about what have they done to beat you so you can address it before you go into the fifth set okay because guess what they'll want to do that again so perfect example okay we played against a team on on uh, last week and they loved going to the middle in the beginning of the match it was like they wanted to get their middle going and they did that for all four sets so we knew that so we committed to the middle attacker right off the back first in system ball we committed to the attacker and we got a point so that's, that's an adjustment. That's using information that we've seen in the first four sets to make a call, to make a decision to, you know, how do we play the beginning of that match? And we committed to the middle, and we, we were right. Now, that's, that's, a, that's a little game of chess there because they could have easily said, well, we've been establishing our middle of the fourth set. Let's go, to, let's go to the left side because they're not going to expect that. They could have done that, but the, the middle was, was, uh, was scoring all, all match long, so I, I understood they're going to probably do that, okay? So how do they beat you? They're going to want to do something again. And that's where you use the first four sets to help make your decision-making on how you start off that match or just in general of, of how you, you you do matchups, which let's go to that point then. Matchups, okay? Let's make sure that in the in the last four sets, we've seen their weaknesses. We've seen where we can potentially have mismatches. Let's make sure we lo- we have the right lineup out there to exploit those mismatches. So when we are on offense, you know, how we want to make sure our best attacker is lined up against their weak blocker and vice versa. We want to line our best blocker up against their best attacker. If there's an attacker that's been really hurting us, we want to put an emphasis on that attacker. and We want to make sure that we line up accordingly. So little things like that are really important that we understand matchups and do the best we can. And again, this is a chess match because what if the other team decides to change their matchups to, you know, make their best attacker go against our weakest blocker and we're trying to do the vice versa. So it's a game of chess, but at the end of the day, normally teams don't really change their rotation significantly because why they wouldn't want to do that if they've been doing a certain rotation all four sets. So that's how you can approach it. But they're probably going to go with the same lineup, their same starting lineup, and we want to make sure we have the right lineup to battle their best lineup. Okay? Point number three, and this is very important, okay? You do not want to play not to lose. So we, we cannot play not to lose, but rather you have to play to win. Okay, so this is a mindset thing. You can't be afraid to play. You can't play safe. There's no such thing as playing safe in a fifth set because if you play against a good team and you play safe, they're going to score, they're going to build momentum on their side, and by the time you combat that momentum, the game's over, because it's only to 15. Momentum can f- happen really fast, and the game can get out of control very, very, very quickly. So, we need to we need to make sure that we're playing to win. That means whatever shots you were doing to, to win and score points, you don't deviate from those shots, you still be aggressive on the ball. And I want to say this, okay? You have to be aggressive on the ball, but you have to be smart. So let's say, for example, that you have four serving errors. Now, let's, this is a little high level ball here. Let's say, for example, you have four serving errors on your spin serve. Your spin serve is probably not working for you. Or I, I don't know. I'm not not to say four serving errors, but let's say you've been you've you've been struggling with your spin serve all match long. Okay, well. We need to be more tactical now. So the the probability of you getting an ace or you getting an error, the error rate is, is high. So instead of going for your spin, maybe you do an aggressive float, but you float to a weak passer. Because all match long, you know who their weaker passers are or you know where their weaker zones are. So let's just get it to a weak zone. How about we do that? That's a tactical. We're not playing not to lose because we're not playing safe. We're playing tag. We're not giving a free ball. We're not giving a lollipop serve. We're still aggressively going to serve the ball over, but on a higher percentage serve to get to a certain zone. That is being tactical, and that is how high-level volleyball is played. Now, if you now again, if you're feeling your serve, if it's your go-to, and maybe you know you think that you're gonna you're gonna make that serve again, it's a confidence issue. If you're confident with your serve, then yeah, go for it. But if you want to be, if you think that it's, you know, tonight's not my night with that spin serve. Let's go to a, a more, um, uh, let's go to a, a better a better serve for this this fifth set and take their weaker passer out. You know, that's what we're going to do. Okay, so be smart, be aggressive. You know, also, again, we're not going to, we don't want to play it safe. So if you have a ball, let's say it's an at-a-system ball or a ball that's not set perfectly, okay? But it's set above the tape and you can make a play on it. You absolutely have to. You don't just free ball it over hoping that the other team makes an error. And I see this all the time, by the way, all this stuff I'm describing, I can't tell you the amount of times I've seen this in the deciding set in our, in our game is, is teams playing safe and then they lose and they wonder why they lost. I'd rather go out swinging than go out free balling it over and letting them, you know, bury it down our throat. So we have to be tactical. So if a ball is set and it's high enough where you can attack the ball. You need to attack it. If it's not the greatest set, we need to figure out a way to either score on that set or make it difficult for them to run an offense out of it. So let's say, for example, the ball is tight into the net, tight, uh, you know, on the left side. Well, we can swipe. We can push it off the blockers' hands. We can push it deep. We can take the setter out. We can tip into the pot. You know, these are aggressive but tactical shots to make, you know, to give yourself an advantage or give yourselves a shot at playing defense when they uh, when they play defense out of it, okay? So, so far, we got to talk about forgetting about the first four sets. That's a fallacy. We want to make sure we use the first four sets to help us with our matchups and our decision-making. We want to play to win. We don't want to play to lose, okay? Be tactical about that. Be aggressive and smart. If, you know, if a spin serve is not working for you, maybe switch to a float. Go after their weak passer, Again, you you know what's been working all game long. You know if if they're if they have a strong passing lineup versus a weak passing lineup or where the gaps are, do that. Okay? Also, who's been scoring for you? How about that? Like we want to make sure we get that person going. Now I know you might say, "Wait a minute, you just talked about who, the other team. We want to we want to commit to the other team who's scoring." Yeah. That's true, but then you're but then that's the decision I made. You are now forcing their coach, the opponent's coach, to make a decision on what you're gonna do. And that's okay. All right? It's a game of chess. I wouldn't deviate from the guy that's been putting us on our back or, or scoring a majority of our points, I would go to him. He's been scoring or she's been scoring. So who has been scoring for you? Let's create opportunities for them to score. So like, let's say for example, the left side on our team has been scoring a lot. Well, why don't, why don't we run the middle behind the setter to free up a one-on-one for the left side? That way we can hopefully get him in a one-on-one situation. Okay. So again, you, you, it's, it's a game of thinking. How, how are we going to, how are we approaching this fifth set? We want, to, we want the guys that are scoring for us to be put in the best position to score. Okay. Um, let's talk about starting the fifth set. So, one of the things you might want to start, you want, you want to think about is well, who are you, who's your best server? You'd probably want your best server going first when it's your turn to serve in the fifth set. On the very first serve on your side, you probably want your best server serving or one of your best servers serving. Another thing to think about too is your attacker. Maybe you want your best attacker in the front row in either position 5 or 4 depending on whether you're serving or receiving so they can get all three front row rotations in the beginning of the set because the beginning of the set is vital like i said you want to start the set off strong this this set goes to 15 points that's that's 10 minutes potentially maybe 15 you know the, on average they say a volleyball set is 20 minutes long so you're looking at a 10 to 12 minute set and things can happen very, very quickly. So you want your best attacker front row. You want your best attacker getting ready to convert and score for you. In in our case, when we went on when we went on that 6-0 run, our best attacker was front row, and our second best attacker was front row, our being our M1 and our P1. So we had we had that opportunity where our best attackers were front row, and we went on a 6-0 run, and that left our left side was scoring. Our left side scored three points. Out of those six that we did, we he had a, he had an overpass kill. He had a swipe off the block, and then he had a kill. So, really, really well, really, really good job on on his part. And again, he was it was matchups. He was in that rotation at the right time. So factor that in as well. One thing I will say too is experience helps wins helps winning fifth set too. You know, if I was a rookie coach or I was a younger coach, I may not be handling the fifth set the same way as I am now. I've been in. Countless, countless fifth sets in my career or deciding sets for that matter, and I I know how to play those sets. I know how to feel the game out and how to understand any shifts and momentum and things like that. So factoring that in is an important point. So understand that you know it it takes time to develop that kind of pedigree for fifth sets and, and learning how to you know master fifth set strategy, but know that it will come. Okay. It's it's a process, but it will come. Okay. Timeouts really, really important. We have to call our timeouts earlier rather than later. Again, the game goes to 15, not 25. As so- you don't want to allow a team to go on a run. As soon as a team goes on a run, you call a timeout. And what's a run you might ask? I would argue no more than 40. I would probably go 30. If a team goes on a 30 run, be very careful. It's a, if it's in like the very first three points of the match or the set, rather, then you can kind of feel it out. But if it's in the first, like if it's in the middle to end, you're calling that timeout right away. In the first, in the first couple points of a set, you know, if the, if it's if it's like four one, you you got to be very careful. Five one, you're definitely calling a timeout. You know, like 3-1, no, not not. It's only two points, that's fine. 4-1, you're thinking about it. 5-1, you're definitely calling a timeout. So you want to make sure, like, you know, I would even argue 4-1, you're calling a timeout just to get that momentum back because if a team goes on a 3, uh, let's, let's say it's 1-1, and they went on a 3-0 run to make it 4-1, you're calling a timeout because the momentum has just shifted, which leads me to my next point, which is you got to feel the game out. Okay, you got to feel the game out. I know that this is not really like something that I can teach you, but when it comes to our game, you can kind of feel the momentum shift. And And if you're a coach, if you've had any coaching experience, you can understand what I mean by feeling the game out is do you feel the momentum getting shifted to that side do you feel that they've been on a run do you feel that our confidence your look at your players do you feel that their confidence has been on on a decline well if any of these things are happening you may want to call a timeout to get them back on track because if you allow a team to go on a run and momentum shifts on the other side it's really tough to come back from that because by the time you come back the game might be over so understanding that uh timeout management you know, I've, I did an entire podcast episode on timeout management. Timeout management is a thing, and it's even more important in the fifth set. You got to be very, very careful on how when when you call your timeouts. I've seen coaches. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's maybe it's a volleyball thing, but I've seen coaches wait till it's like six one to call a timeout. And I, like to me, coaches, and I don't I don't mean any any disrespect by that, but to me, that's that's absurd. You can't wait till it's six. What's a five? Five point lead, uh, you gotta like that's if even even if that was to twenty five, you know, like that's a twenty percent of your total score. It, it's it's crazy. You gotta call it right away. Like don't don't wait. Don't wait so long. So you know things like that. You gotta be you gotta be aware of. Especially in a fifth set, five one in fifth set, you're you're definitely calling it. All right? So right. Let's do um. Let's do. I think I might have a couple more, but let's do a quick recap. Uh, before we continue all right so let's start with um our very first one which was <laughs> the fallacy of forgetting about the first four sets okay we don't want to forget about them i mean emotionally we don't want to let our feelings get the better um of, of ourselves going into that fifth set so we want to make sure that we use the information that has been presented in the first four sets so that we can come up with a strategy uh to approach the fifth set and when i say strategy coaches i don't mean like you know, we're not telling our athletes ten different things. We're we're talking a couple things that they need to they need to be aware of, so that they can you know be prepared. Like you know, for example, uh, if has the setter been dumping? If the setter has been dumping and scoring, there is a good chance the setter going to dump in that fifth set. So I would have my left side blocker, you know, my the player in position four to be committing with the setter every single time the setter is in system to make sure that they don't you don't know, lose easy points on dumps. Uh, and there's you know if the like I, like I mentioned uh, previously the team we played on Thursday they were running their middle so much during the first four sets I knew they would go back to that middle to start off the, the the fifth and they did and we were fortunate enough to slow slow him down and we got I think we got a block on on the first point and then we 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 kind of you know did well from there you want to make sure that you're playing to win not playing not to lose okay we don't want to play not to lose we don't want to play safe. We want to play aggressive and we want to play smart. Okay, so we want to make sure that we're playing good ball. That means when you get set, you hit the ball. If the if the seam is there, we're hitting seam. We're not just chipping it in, hoping the other team makes an error and we get away with the fifth set. We're not trying to get away with the fifth set. We're trying to win the fifth set. So make sure that we're being mindful of that. Okay, you know and. and, and as a player too, make sure your players are thinking about these things. You know, what serve has been working for that player? If that player has been trying to spin the entire four sets and hasn't been converting on the spin serve, then maybe they want to float. Now, that doesn't mean that we're playing safe, we're playing not to lose. That means we're playing tactical. So we're going to still do an aggressive float, and we're going to float towards their weaker passer because you can, you can control a float a lot easier than you can control a spin. So let's, let's, let's target a passer, like their weaker passer, or, or a weaker passing zone, maybe between a seam between two players and go after that seam. So at least we take them out of system and we give ourselves a good shot to play defense, okay? Uh, what about what's been working for you all game? Let's talk about that. Have, has the middle been working for you? Has the left side been working for you? Has a certain like, rotation been working for you? Whatever it is, do it. Do it more. And like I mentioned, you know, you might say, well, wait a minute, the coach knows that you're gonna, that, that was working for you. Well, yeah, well, let's, let's make the coach make that decision. Let's let, let's let the coach make an adjustment, not us. If they make an adjustment, then again, we can, we can do, we can make an adjustment as well. But we don't want to, we don't want to play the game like they're going to make the adjustment first. No, no, no. We, we still do what's what's working for us. And you got to remember also the hitters have the advantage. Remember that the hitters have the advantage. So I train my guys. I'm like, look, we're going to go like, let's say we go 51 in system. We go quick attack. If the middle commits to you, be patient Recycle or go high off hands, but don't just whack it into their hands. So we train our guys to understand that if someone commits to you, what do you do? If they play your shot, what do you do? So they have to have a counter. They always have to have a counter. So this is again, that's something you could do in practice as well. Is what do they? What do you do when a player is playing your best shot? Okay. Um, I talked about going after their weaker zones. Um, who has been scoring for you? Try to find that player early in the early in that fifth set. Because they're the ones that are going to, they're the ones that have been efficient. They're the ones that have been scoring. So go to your best players, okay? Uh, starting the fifth set, you want to factor in who your best server is. So maybe they're the ones that are going to start serving first to get those early points. And who's the most successful attacker? You want to make sure they're starting in uh, in position four or position five. So we can maximize the amount of rotations that they're up, okay? Um, One other thing I mentioned to you, if you're doing subs, like if you have a tendency of doing subs, like Uh, you know serving subs and things like that now depending on the leagues you're in like if you're in the U.S. you guys have unlimited subs you guys are lucky but if you're playing by international rules where you're only allowed to sub a player in once and then back out once and that's it they can't re-enter the game then you want to make that sub early rather than later you don't want to wait till the end of the set to make that sub you want to make those subs at the beginning because that's where it matters the beginning and how you start is super important it is important how you finish don't get me wrong but you want to put your best foot forward in the beginning okay Uh, you know what and the one thing experience experience always helps you know the more fifth sets you've been a part of the more calm and composed you're gonna be the more situations you would probably have already seen before and things like that so experience does help matchups Find the mismatches early. So see exactly who who is their weakest blocker. Put your best attacker on them. Who is their, um, again, and who is their best uh, attacker? Put your best blocker on them, you know? Matching up, and again, it's a chess match because you never know if that coach is going to switch anything, but it doesn't hurt to at least use the information that you've had in the first four sets and put your matchup, uh, your best matchup, you know, right away, okay? Manage your timeouts do not allow a team to go on a run we're going to 15 not 25 it's even more important that you manage your timeouts okay feel the game uh, and this is kind of a weird one but you got to feel the game is the momentum switching do you feel in your do you tr- trust your gut do you feel like that momentum is now on the other team's side if it has be very cautious of when you're going to use your timeout because you don't want to let the momentum stay there and then they go on a run and then you're then you're kind of you know you're out to lunch you want to if the momentum shifts okay be patient See what happens on the next point or two. If they're scoring and then they're about to go on a run or they have gone on a run, call your timeout right away because now momentum is fully on their side. And then you got to break it. Call your timeout. You know, use both timeouts in the fifth set if you have to. Don't worry about, you even if you're worried about using them early. If you need to use them early, use them early. If you're down, you got to use them. If you're up, then you can keep them. Yeah, you can keep them in case the other team catches up. No problem. But if you're down, you got to use them, okay? Okay. Uh, and then you know what the last thing I'll say about fifth sets is, you could do everything right and still lose, and that's like me. You know, I, I my the fifth sets that we lost, I did it. We did everything from a coaching standpoint. We did everything we could. We set up the matchups. We talked to them about strategy. We you know we had a good game plan, and unfortunately, sometimes the other team is better, or sometimes the other team plays better than you did in that in that fifth set. Sometimes you're just your experience isn't there and you started making shots you normally don't do or your players started doing crazy things that they normally don't do, even after you told them not to. Okay. But the I think the 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 point is is that it's a learning opportunity for everyone. Okay. You can learn a lot from a fifth set, and that way it make you make sure it doesn't happen again when you're in those positions, you know? Like there was there was an opportunity we, we lost on a on a ball that was hit out and the player was demoralized that he hit the ball out. And I went up to him, I said, that was a great shot. 2 more centimeters to the left that ball was in and you're a hero. 2 centimeters to the right it's out and you're not a hero. Well, like, he's still a hero but you know what I mean? He feels terrible. And I told him it was a great shot. I will never fault a player for making a great shot. And 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 it went out it went out cuz it's a great shot. You know you can't you can't get mad at your players for things like that, but I want them to be making their shots. I want them to be going after their shots. I can I can live with a loss by going after your shots. I can't live with is a loss when they're playing it safe and just giving it to the other team. And coaches, I'm sure you can relate to that situation where we're just giving the other team an opportunity to score on us because we're afraid that we're going to commit an error. You don't want those players on the floor. In fifth sets, you can't have those players on the floor. If they're on the floor, you might as well just give the other team a point because you can't be afraid to make an error. You have to go for your swing, make a tactical swing if the set's not there, et cetera. Okay? Uh, I think that's it for me. I hope you guys got some value out of the fifth set. I, I, it's funny. I, it's crazy. That there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of, uh, literature or strategies when you go research this stuff online. And, um, you know what? It's, it's part of, it's part of the game, I guess. Coaches develop their own fifth set strategies, but that's why you guys are listeners to the pod. So you can pick up some strategies here and then add them into your toolbox. And I'm sure you guys have your own strategies. So hopefully this episode was to spark some ideas and you can now have a good or a better plan original that for your fifth set than you probably already had. And if you'd like more of my help and, you know, you want to see kind of how, like the, the strategy, but if you want to see the strategies that I implement like, in real time, like in my games, in my timeouts, or the way that we we, we talk about it with our team, just um, DVA is where I, I, po- I post like all my behind the scenes and stuff like that. So how, like how we strategize and things that I do in my timeouts. So if you want to check that out, just head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com, links in the show notes. And this is one element of DVA that I have that our coaches absolutely love to take a look at in addition to other things. And if you don't know what DVA is, uh, it's my mentorship program for coaches where I get a chance to uh, work with coaches all around the world and bring them into my world. Um, They get a chance to access all my courses that I've created on all the skills and positions in our game. They get the support from myself. Uh, they get to do Q&A and live training with me, uh, in, in addition to a ton of other things. So you can always head on over to Digital Volleyball Academy and find out more info about that. But the behind the scenes is when I, I, I bring my coaches virtually into our locker room, into our practice, so they can see how I'm thinking about these things, into our games. And um, it's a lot of fun. Our coaches love it. So yeah, I got that resource for you too, if you ever want to hear what it sounds like in real time. Okay, that's it for me. I'll see you guys next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially.